Just moments ago, President Biden announced the U.S. is preparing to send 31 of its top-of-the-line battle tanks to Ukraine. They're called M1 Abrams. The president says the U.S. will also train Ukrainian troops on how to run the machinery, but he insists this is not an offensive move against Russia. NBC News Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander is live in Washington for us this afternoon. Peter, good to see you. So this really... It's not an understatement to say it's a stunning reversal from the White House. For months, officials insisted the Abrams tanks were too difficult to use in Ukraine. There wouldn't be enough training. So what changed, and when could we actually see these tanks on the battlefield, Peter? Yeah, Vicky, as you note, this is the premier uh, armored tank that the U.S. could provide to Ukraine right now. As you noted, 31 of them in total, and it follows the Germans announcing that they'll be delivering 14 of their tanks, not as impressive as uh, this particular vehicle is, but still a significant effort. Dozens of tanks going that direction. But for the U.S., they're not going to be providing them from their stockpile. Instead, they're going to be having them produced by manufacturers. So that means it could be months, if not years, frankly, before those Abrams tanks make it to the front lines huh. in Ukraine. The White House insists they're going to use this time period to help train the Ukrainians on what is really a complex piece of machinery. And as you speak to those in and around the Pentagon, they will tell you that this could impact the situation on the battlefield right now because it's the kind of tank that can really go up to those front lines directly where the Russians have built these bunkers there, help pierce those front lines as the Ukrainians try to stave off this uh, continued invasion with a lot of eyes on spring when they believe that it will sort of ramp up yet again. Vicki? Peter, you said months, if not years. Really interesting, the strategy here. Uh, just today, a top Russian official said if the U.S. sends tanks to Ukraine, Moscow would view it as a, quote, blatant provocation. And some are warning this move could pull us into the war. So how is the White House responding to those concerns? Well, the White House is saying that this is the U.S. acting in agreement with its allies, the Germans, among others. Obviously, NATO has tried to demonstrate a united force throughout this. But President Biden was very quick to communicate that this is not an offensive threat that the U.S. is providing to the Ukrainians right now, an effort to try to cool tensions with Russia. But clearly, the situation only continues. NBC News Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander. Always good to have you, Peter. Thank you. Well, I wanted to play that piece because a lot of people that are part of this country that are witnessing this conflict in Ukraine, they are slowly witnessing the gravity of Ukraine and it's sucking in the UN and the United States into a conflict with Russia. And what really is frustrating about this entire thing is I agree with Biden with his reluctancy to give the M1 Abrams to Ukraine on a number of fronts. One is the tanks serve absolutely no purpose to Ukraine because they can't maintain them. Yes, they have nuclear energy power plants and they have a infrastructure that mirrors much of Eastern Europe, but Ukraine is still a second world country at mo at best. And at worst, it's a third world country in Eastern Ukraine because it's affiliation with Russia. So you have this Eastern European influence that is pressing the UN to send and catalog weapons over 
to Ukraine to fight the Russians, and it just doesn't make sense. And the United States is literally telling everybody in Europe to calm down, to listen to reason, and that it's their fear of them being so close to each other that is causing things to escalate rather quickly between Europe and Russia. And that they've done this before. And they've murdered millions of people as a result of their insecurities. And I blame Germany. I blame France. I blame Ukraine. I blame a lot of countries here that are trying to gravitate somehow the American influence into this war. Not realizing what they're asking for with the M1 Abram. Now, I'm not worried about Ukraine long term. That's a third world country in the next decade. They've made their bed. The people that live in Russia are going to be fleeing in droves. We have Russian refugees fleeing Russia in the next decade because of the iron fist that is Russia. They made their bed. They're done. They have nuclear stockpiles of weapons, yes. But they're like 30, 40, 50 years old. Good luck trying to launch one of those into the ether. Here's the reality. Sending the M1A1 Abram to Ukraine logistically, even without manufacturers having to make it, would take months, at best six months, to send our tanks over to Ukraine. Well, fair. Why don't we just send them our our weapons from Germany? We have M1 Abrams. We have an entire tank division in, in Germany. Why don't we just send those? Well, the United States isn't going to compromise its position in Eastern Europe and Central and Western Europe because Ukraine needs tanks. We're wise enough to understand that we need to keep our defenses bolstered to prevent an invasion. Not to think that Russia would ever try to invade an American base, but you just don't know. And if we give them 31 of our tanks that are in Germany and we are short, we are vulnerable. So the United States is not going to give our number one ground defense and offensive weapon to the Ukrainians who have no experience using the tank, don't have any engineers or mechanics that can fix the tank, And then the matter of jet fuel and how much jet fuel you're going to need to fuel the tanks. Tanks. Two miles per gallon these things get. And I don't even want to pretend to know how much jet fuel costs. Now, why am I blaming Germany? Because they have their own tanks, people. And they're logistically close enough. And Germany needs to own this war to some extent because they are the reason why it exists the German people need to understand that Merkel and their other prime ministers or whatever you want to call them, their presidents they are responsible for this war in Ukraine and in fact a larger Russia is a result of German ignorance You bought natural gas, liquid natural gas, 
via the Nord Stream 1 and the Nord Stream 2 for the last 20 years. You pulled Russia out of a bankruptcy that I've never seen in my life. And they've been able to bolster their defense budget for the last 15 years as a result of your purchasing. And it's not like you guys weren't given a damn warning either, Germany and Eastern Europe. It's not like you were given a warning. I mean, they did go after Crimea in 2014. And eight years later, they went after Ukraine. Are you bloody blind? And you want help now? France, you want help now? You guys made your bed. Own it. This is the problem that we face with Europe, folks. We want to do the right thing. We really do. We want to do the right thing. We want to help our allies. We want to help them because we don't want a World War III, but we want to help them because we are tied to them, bound to them through history. I think what we need to understand really most importantly is that the United States has historically begged and pleaded with Europe to listen. But Europe lives on a different watch. They have a better watch in their eyes. They are geographically close enough. You can get on a train from London and make it to Paris in two and a half hours. It's like a three or four hour train ride from from Paris to Munich, probably, I'm guessing, obviously. You have all this access to infrastructure because you fucking had everything blown up in World War II. You're not better. We built your country back from nothing because the Germans demolished your entire continent in the 1940s. You're welcome. Oh, and maybe even World War I if we want to count that. So you have all this brand new infrastructure. You've spent trillions of dollars in infrastructure over the course of the last 80 years. You haven't had to invest in your military or defense budget because Mr. America over here, Big Brother America, has been bailing your asses out for the better part of 80 years while you sit there and eat your baguettes and your really expensive tea and you judge us over here in America like we're ignorant, not well-cultured, uh, Western-influenced Europeans. We're culturally more diverse than you by a large margin. Want to talk about white privilege? Go to Europe. Give me a fucking break. And the M1 Abram. Back to that. What's next, Ukraine? In all fairness, you gonna want planes? Are you going to whine and whine until you don't get planes? Listen, I am not happy you are being invaded any more than anybody else. It's heartbreaking. It's devastating. But the Ukrainian people have to understand something too. Just like the Germans were responsible for for the Nazis taking over their country, and just like the, the Germans were responsible for the invasion in World War I that they were a part of, Ukraine has to understand that their liberal policies that led toward NATO threatened the Russian 
former Soviet empire and that there was going to be some form of retaliation from a fascist regime like Russia. They knew it could potentially happen. And the country is really divided in two between a pro-UN, pro-NATO, pro-Europe, and the other one's pro-Russia for some fucking weird oddball reason. There are people, uneducated fuckheads in eastern Ukraine who think that Russia is looking out for them, but they're not. And I'm not insulting any individual. I'm talking about the society as a whole. The United States has got its own toxic qualities, folks. We got our own diatribes over here. People who are threatening each other because they don't like to go to Starbucks. They'd rather go to Dunkin'. People fighting over tea. People fighting over coffee. Their own sports teams. People are nuts over here. We got our own shit we got to worry about. But before the left and the mainstream media, and more importantly, Europe and Ukraine want to sit there and try to bully the United States around for 31 M1 Abrams, go kiss my ass. It's not like you guys are going to know how to use them anyway. Ukrainians did great with a lot of the missile guidance equipment that we gave them and the the bombs and the small arms and the light-wheeled vehicles and everything else that we gave them because they're very clean-cut and dry. And their military has been trained by Europe for the last decade after they took over Crimea, but Ukrainians are not going to know how to use an M1A1 Abram the same way they're going to know how to use a four-wheeled vehicle. And the German tanks are much simpler than that of the M1 Abram. The M1 Abram has a jet engine in it. A sophisticated jet engine in it. It is like moving. It's literally a tank. Tons of weight. I don't even know the tons. I could Google it, but go do it yourself. It is at a velocity of 60 to 70 miles per hour launching this steel-plated gun. 70 miles an hour. And it can fire a hullets around out of its cannon and hit the hair off a gnat's ass with such complexity. You can't do that without having some kind of of technical understanding of how the tracks need to be installed, how the engine operates, how the plates and everything else goes to being put into it. And I can go and I can throw up a YouTube, if you would like, on why U.S. enemies are scared of the Abram X. But it doesn't change anything. The Ukrainians are going to have a challenging time getting that together. So that's factoid A. Factoid B, why is the United States waiting so long to get these tanks out there. Manufacturers are going to take months to manufacture, distribute, and get these tanks out to Ukraine. Well, first of all, who's paying for the tanks? It's not you, Germany. We know how much of a leech you are. I'm slowly becoming a very, very, very disgruntled fan of Germany. You guys spent the last 80 years literally doing the best PR press I've ever seen. You guys have only really been a country now, like a full holistic country, since 1991. It wasn't very long ago that the country was divided in two. Are you even real, folks? But because of your geography, and because of your political influence, and because of your very diverse um, economic strategies, and... uh, 
capitalistic way of thinking, your country is probably the most central in the attached Western Europe. But there's going to come a point when the rubber's got to meet the road and you people are going to have to start owning your own shit here. Because wouldn't it be funny if you guys are responsible, not just for the First World War, not just for the Second World War, but potentially the third one because of your insecurities, because the guy next door, I don't like him. He's got a bad dog. He barks at me every time I go to check my mail. So let me go get some M1 Abrams and shoot at him. Here is the fundamental reality of the war. You guys have military intelligence. The U.S. does too. And we know exactly how this is going to go down. It's going to be a long 12-round match of just punches to the face. And Ukraine, rightfully, is going to try to do some offensive weaponry here. They're going to try to make some offensive strategies. They may even continue to cross their own border into Russia and start throwing lobbing bombs at Russia just to let them know, hey, you've got to protect this now too. And when they start doing that with the Zephyr tanks and eventually the M1 Abram tanks, Russia ain't going to be too happy. I don't know what Russia is capable of, but I do know is that they are channeling their inner World War I strategy policy. They are doing trench warfare in Russia and in Ukraine, folks. Have you been paying attention? They are hunkered down in eastern Ukraine using old military strategy of building bunkers out of dirt and just forts, and they're just hunkering down because you can't shoot at the dirt and expect a round to hit the dirt and hit somebody, right? The M1 Abram making it to Ukraine eventually is just, it's, it's theater, folks. Because it's going to take more than six months to get them out there. And even if that's the case, even at best, even if they are able to get them, they're going to be huge paperweights in, in the theater. They're going to be huge paperweights. They're not going to be used properly. Not because the Ukrainians are stupid, but because they're, you, they're massive tanks that require a tremendous amount of resources, of which Ukraine does not have. They are a poorer country than the rest of Europe. They are going to struggle mightily with those things. I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm picking on Germany, but your damn prime minister needs punched in the mouth. Straight up. He's got some balls on him. And it's not like the United States has like this tremendous leadership. I mean, we've got shitty leadership over here. We haven't had good, good, uh, we don't know what a good president looks like, honestly, since Reagan. And I would question even how great he was. But he was the best president we've had in the last 50 years. Give him 31 M1 Abrams. What a joke. How are you going to pull those out if they get stuck or they break down? Get another M1 Abram? To pull it out? Do you know how fucking heavy those things are? I'll tell you a quick story and we'll wrap it up here. I was in Kuwait my first deployment. And we had some field training exercises in Kuwait. And I was a fuel handler. I drove a Hemet fueler. It was an 8x8 vehicle. 
we drove them through the sands of Kuwait during this one mission. And it's about 8 or 9 o'clock at night. And we're in our tent. And me and my non-commissioned officer, my E5, are told that we need to get in our truck and we need to drive out into the desert. Into, into fucking nowhere. That a vehicle had got stuck. That's all we were told. So we drive in the, in the darkness of Kuwait. We're right on the border of Iraq, by the way. This is hilarious. And we make it to this convoy. This mission that got stuck. And it's an 88 tracked vehicle. An 88 tracked vehicle. Now, it's kind of like a wrecker. For those of you who are in the military, it's kind of like a wrecker. Um, I want you to think of it as like a tow truck. Now, an 88 is basically this massive beast of a tank. Of It looks like a tank, but it's not a tank. It's, it's, it's a tracked vehicle that is served as a repoing device. And what it is used for is for pulling out. It's a recovery vehicle. I mean, the thing is freaking massive. Absolutely massive. And it goes places that a wheeled vehicle can't go. What's important about this is that these vehicles specifically cost about $2 million to replace. They're not incredibly expensive. They're just huge. But one got stuck in the soft sands of Kuwait. Like it was like the Sahara Desert. It's like there's nothing there. It's just straight sand. It's there's nothing forever. And the 35 ton vehicle needed pulled out. So as it's pulling out another vehicle, it got stuck is the moral of the story here. Which then followed up with another 88 coming out into the field to pull out the 88 so it could pull out the, the third vehicle. These things are so freaking heavy that they get stuck really easy is the point of this story. And I'm sorry for getting off topic there. But it took us five hours to pull out 188 with an 88 and then another wrecker who had to pull out a car. There were four vehicles impacted by this vehicle who got stuck in the sand. We were asked to let the air out of our tires of our vehicles to get home because you letting the air out of the tires allowed you to drive a little bit easier on the sand. Ruined the rims of our of a lot of our vehicles. And over the course of the next five to six months, we had to replace all of the tires on our vehicles. Which costs more money. So, what I'm trying to get out here is there's just not enough common sense being exercised. Not understanding the risks associated with a lot of what we do over here 
in Ukraine and how much an M1 Abram tank costs is staggering. I mean, it would blow your mind. One tank costs roughly $8.9 million. After you figure logistics and getting it to Europe, it's probably $10 million a tank. We're spending roughly $10 million a tank at 31, so $310 million is being thrown at Ukraine and seeing if it sticks. Germany, this is to you. You got to get your president in line. He is an uneducated fucktard. I speak five languages, so you can't say I'm an uneducated American. I speak your language, speak another four languages, speak Russian. All right, I speak five languages. I've traveled the world. I have a master's degree. I've seen some shit. I just speak off off color a little bit sometimes. But you guys need to start to understand the risks and the ramifications of the decisions that you're making. They're compounding with interest and generations are going to be impacted by your decisions. Germany, here's a couple things I want you to do before I wrap this up. I know I said I'd wrap it up with the 88 story, but here we go. One, learn how to produce your own energy. Quit relying on other countries for your natural gas and your oil. And quit acting like you're so much better than everybody else because you don't have carbon emissions because you're not pulling your own shit out of the ground. You don't have anything to pull out of the ground. That's why you have to buy it, right? Secondly, quit voting for people who have such soft foreign policy. Your defense budget's bullshit. You guys should have and should continue to raise your defense budget and not because you want to kill people because we all know how good you are at that but because you want to defend the motherland because you want to defend things that are east of you or west of you because it is important for you to understand how important you are to the European model and that protecting France and others and including Poland is a part of your anti-xenophobic rant, if you will. And to Poland, y'all better be real careful. You're walking on thin ice over there in Poland. And I mean it in a good and a bad way. I see a lot of pre-Nazi Germany in Poland. I see a lot of pre-Nazi Poland or pre-Nazi Germany in Poland before they elected Nazis, the Nazi party into their country. The Polish military right now is the largest it's ever been. It's going to continue to get larger. 2% of its GDP is being funneled into its product every single year. It's going to continue to get bigger and bigger. And Russia, holy shit, bro. You got Finland pissed off now? You got Poland pissed off now? You're worried about Germany. You're worried about Europe. I'd be just worried about Poland and Ukraine. I mean, in Finland in the next two, two decades. Maybe even Ukraine when this conflict's over. Which is why I think Russia's done, folks. They're absolutely too, teetotal fucking done. And any Russian that wants to question that, they're just being proud. You can't, you can't, 
can't blame them for being proud. Can't blame them for that. Can't blame them because they don't realize they're the frog in the pot of boiling water. They don't know their lives are over as they know it. They don't know they suck. But they do. And we can love them, the people that is, and we can help them. But because they were born into this systematic fascism. I mean, just the worst. But um, don't defend your country, Russia. Russian people, do not defend your country. Don't defend them. Don't do it. You're going to regret it. It's going to be like that one time in college. You just don't defend it. it. It was an experiment. You didn't know. Don't. Don't defend your country. Because you're so fucking teetotal wrong, it's embarrassing. I mean, Germany doesn't even have German pride. And the reason for that is because of Hitler. They're still apologizing for that shit. They're still on the I'm sorry Hitler tour 80 years later. Do not defend Russia. They're fucking wrong. And you need to own it. And I know Russia's, no Russians listening to this because there's no way the Russian government would allow a podcast like this to bleed into their ether. There's no fucking way. Because they don't got the balls. Because I know if I ever made it into St. Petersburg or into Moscow and I just flew in to just check it out, that I would probably get locked up. My fat ass would get locked up and they wouldn't let me out. Well, fuck Russia. Fuck Germany. I'm sorry, I mean it. You guys are going to drag us into a World War III. You're responsible for the last two World Wars. Slow your roll. You don't even have a legit military right now. Not even to the the gravity that you had prior to World War II. So knock your shit off, grow a pair, do the right thing, and quit asking the United States to keep bailing your asses out and trying to leverage your your relationships? Listen, I could give a shit. France is pissed because we're charging them five times what it costs for natural gas. Well, I'm sorry. You guys kept stroking the proverbial penis of Russia for the last 30 years. Y'all deserve the bed you're living in right now. Y'all deserve it. Y'all suck. And you need to quit acting like the Americans are these dumb fucks. We're better than you. We're better than you because we fucking left. We got away from your drama. We got eaten by bears and Native Americans started throwing arrows at us and fucking us up. We were dying in droves and we still managed to make this shit work. We made a country out of this thing. And we've been avoiding you guys like the fucking plague, but you guys keep coming back for more. It's like you won't stop. You're like the drug addict brother-in-law. Like, go away. Let America do its own thing. You guys over there and suck your suck. And let's see how great you are with your carbon emissions. Why are you still drinking all the natural gas that goes in, adds more carbon footprint into the atmosphere. Keep drinking your oil from other countries and acting like you're so much better when you're not. Oh, we don't have any vehicles here. We're on train systems over here. We got it so great. America's got all these big Chevy S, Chevy Silverado trucks and Ford pickup trucks, and they don't even use them. You guys suck. You guys are this. No, we're independent as hell is what we are. And we don't have a train system because when we want to go from L.A. to New York, it's a two-day drive, motherfucker. You can't get on a train and drive from L.A. to New York in three hours like you guys can from London to Paris. Kiss my ass, you judgmental shits. You guys are so judgy. 
It makes me so angry how judgmental Europeans are about America. So judgmental. Y'all aren't better. Your education system, you got people leaving Europe to come to America to go to like Duke, North Carolina, to go to statewide universities to get a four-year education. Like, what is that? You guys go to university and and eunuch and we're so much in better and we're so much more probably aggressive. We believe in freedoms of expression and gay orgies and we go to the red light district and we get off peyote and we... No, shut up. You guys suck. You guys are allowed to spend all your money on booze, alcohol, cigarettes, marijuana, cocaine, heroin, all those fun things. You're able to spend your money on bullshit on social programs because America's been bailing your ass out with our defense budget for the last 80 years. I'm not even sorry for this. Y'all deserve a good verbal spanking. And over here in the United States, we keep fucking up our elections. We keep voting for a Republican. Keep voting for a Democrat. Like, anything's going to change. Like, holy shit, we'll just wait till the next Democrat gets elected and see how that works out. It's absolutely criminal what you guys are doing. It's absolutely criminal that we keep entertaining your bullshit. And there will come a time. And oh, oh yes, there will, will come a time. When we bring our diverse military over to your country, yet again, like we do in Germany and in Italy and others, and we bail your asses out again, and our sons and daughters die for your bullshit because you guys can't get your shit together, because somebody got a scratch on the bins and now we got to go to war for it. Y'all suck. I'm not even sorry. I'm not. And I hope this podcast gets heard by the whole entire world. I'm not sorry. Like, we want Europe and Canada to be our friends, but they they just keep doing dumb shit. And they... It's like my really smart friends who make $250,000 a year, they make way more money than I do, but they're dirt broke. And it's like, well, how are you broke? Well, we're broke because we keep going to Disney every year. You clearly can't afford Disney if you're broke. Well, we make $250,000 a year. $20,000 vacation isn't that crazy. It's only 10% of our annual, our annual budget. We can make it work. Then, But why are you $400,000 in debt? It's time to wake up, folks. Europe is a sinking ship. They are not superior to us. They are peers at best. And they're way too dependent on the United States and on the American experience to bail them out of their fuckery. They have not spent enough on their defense budget on their military defense and on frankly just the culture of ensuring that their citizens understand the gravity of their decisions like you made your bed sleep in that bed now don't come here and ask me to put down a down comforter you motherfucker Anyways, I went on a tangent. Holy shit, that got wild. I feel better, though. I don't even care. I want everybody to get along. I really do. I want everybody to get along, and I want everybody to love one another. I want people to accept each other for their differences. I really want that, too. 
And you know what? If I can't become super wealthy because my friends don't believe in my business strategy, then you know what? They're still my friends. And I'll ask myself, what's bad about my business strategy? Not go to war with them and start bombing them and start invading an entire country because I didn't like the way they talked to me. What's funny is Putin's actually got his citizens convinced that Ukraine is full of Nazis. That's what's funny. Like if anybody's even remotely close to being a Nazi, it's Russia and Putin. They're the one that's being the fascist hand here. They're the ones throwing people in jail for having a slight opinion difference. There's no freedom of expression in Europe, but there's definitely no freedom of expression in Russia. But you're not allowed to have guns. You're not allowed to have you're not allowed to have a gun in your home in most of these countries. You're not allowed to walk up and down the streets without a gun defending yourself. But yet at the same time, a war could break out at any moment. Ask yourself that, Europe. You guys have such strict gun policy. God forbid an invasion happen. Because what are your people going to do to defend themselves? Like, how are they actually going to defend themselves? See, the Finnish, the Swedes, the Norwegians, they were smart. They still allow their two, their, their, their gun rights in their countries. Because they understood what it was like to be invaded by Russians. It's time to wake up, folks. Really, it's time. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Hope you appreciated the context and the content and my animated replies to your comments. Everybody love everybody. It's fair.